Slaying It with Santa Rob is sponsored by Brett Christmas Mustache Wax. If you've got a mustache that you'd like to curl up the way I do, head over to bscenterprises.com. Look at the wide variety of products that Brett Christmer has to offer. Use discount code SANTAROB and receive 15% off your order. We're also sponsored by Hotspot Collectibles and Toys. If you like collecting things such as action figures, Star Wars, video game systems, video games, head over to hotspotcollectiblesandtoys.com. Look at the wide variety of inventory they have. Once again, use discount code SANTAROB and receive 15% off your order. Now let's get ready to slay it with Santa Rob. Welcome to episode number 10 of Slaying It with Santa Rob. It's hard to believe that uh, I've already uh, had 10 awesome uh, episodes already, 10 great interviews, and today will be no exception. This, I think I picked this one up a little bit. I think we uh, kicked it up a notch. We've got a very special person on today, a lady who's got an amazing testimony. She's got an incredible story. She's got an incredible voice. And uh, she's been around the, the classic Christian music world quite some time. Um, she's a very special person. She's a true pioneer in her field. So let's welcome to the sleigh, Nancy Honeytree Miller. Can you hear me, Nancy? I sure can. Oh, you're loud and clear. Good. This Welcome to In the Sleigh, or Slaying It with Santa Rob. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you invited me. This, this is very cool. We've... You're, you're number 10 right now on, on the podcast list. You have been busy. It's been fun. I've had a lot of, a lot of fun interviews. And uh, I think this one's going to be special because I know there's a lot of people who know your music, but I don't think they realize that you're still doing things. Right. And, there, and there's a lot of people who've probably forgotten yeah, and you know, I've been singing all along, but sometimes it's kind of under the radar in terms of what, you know, the general the general Christian music listener would be aware of, but Right. And well, I've got an advantage. Well, we're friends, plus I live in Indiana, so I I I That's see it right. and hear it. <laughs> you you have made it your business to keep up with what I've been doing. Yeah, yeah. So I, I thought it would be fun just to do maybe a little history and, you know, just just to tell people who you are, what you're doing, and what's still happening. So let's let's go back to the beginning. How did Nancy Honeytree Miller become Honeytree? Well, Honeytree is my nickname, and it's it's a hippie name. I was a hippie high school kid in 1970 and my my hippie friends uh liked my last name my maiden name is Hennigbaum and but they liked it even more because 
if you translate it to English from German, it's honey tree. It's honey tree. So I was just known as honey tree. I didn't really have a first or last name. It was just honey tree. To my and, friend. and you're good with anybody, with people calling you honey tree or Nancy at this point. Yeah, sometimes people apologize for calling me honey tree, but I don't let them. I mean, I, it's my nickname. It's still, it's always been my nickname. So I like it. It's, it's pretty much who you are. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, it describes me pretty well. It does. It does. And, and as my daughter, Samantha knows you, your grandma, honey tree. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're in 1970s, you're, you're honey tree, you're a hippie. What's happening in your life? Well, I was in high school. Um, I, my parents had gotten a divorce the year before, so I was uh, living with my mom who uh, commuted a long way to work, and I had a lot of time on my hands. Managed to find some friends that were into dope and stuff. Okay. Um, I had I had a good bunch of friends. They cared about me as a person. Right. Um, that was the upside of it. The downside was the drug abuse. I'm sure my mom was praying for me. She she raised me to be Episcopalian, and she was always a devout Episcopalian. Okay. And uh, so what happened was. My sister Jane, who's three years older than me, had moved to Fort Wayne, Indiana, to go to art school. There was an art school on Berry Street at that time, and uh, it was well known for being a fine, a fine school. So she got to go, and she invited me to visit her over my Easter break when I was a senior in high school. And when I got there, her, she was a hippie and so were her friends. And, of course, they were arty. And, you know, you can imagine the scene was kind of arty and hippie. Yeah. And um, But when I got there to visit her friends, they all warned me that at the school there were Christians. And okay. they, the way they said it, it was like, this is the weirdest thing that's ever happened, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they just warned me off of them. So of course I did the exact opposite. I I didn't I didn't realize quite what was happening because the Lord just had it planned. Right. But I was I I took my guitar and I was singing a folk song in the student lounge and one of the students came and introduced himself and wanted me to go meet his friend who was also a musician. Okay. So we went over to John Lloyd's house. Well, John Lloyd, this was one of the Christians, and John Lloyd was the head honcho Christian. You know, he was the one that was leading them all. There were about eight of them at that time that were saved. Okay. Can you imagine? I mean, the atmosphere of an art school, you can imagine it was just very liberal and right. uh, arty and uh, trying every sort of philosophy and all. And right in the middle of that were these born-again Christians. So everybody's trying to find where they fit in. Yeah. And and so the contrast, you know, the of course the other kids thought they were weird because they were not doing drugs anymore. They were 
going to church. They were talking about Jesus all day long. They were in love with Jesus, you know? Yeah. And so um, I met John and we played guitar together and he was so cool. He had this, you know, Bob Dylan harmonica harness thing. And he, he was, he was very cool looking. He was very hippie-ish. Yeah. A long mustache and long hair and a, a leather vest with fringe. And, you know, I mean, I just thought he was the coolest thing ever. Sure. And we had fun playing music together. And then at the end of the school day, the, it turned out that his apartment was where the Christians gathered after class. And so now I'm meeting all these Christian students. I mean, like the Lord had it so planned because. First thing they warned me off of them, and then I fall right in the middle of all of them. <laughs> and um, they said things to me like, "Well, I used to do drugs, but now I know Jesus," and that just didn't compute to me at all. I mean, it didn't make any sense. But they invited me to church, and uh, they were going to Calvary Temple, which was a large, non-denominational Pentecostal church. Okay, and it was totally different than any, I had never been in anything but a liturgical church where, you know, you've got the pipe organ and the choir processes in and, sure. you know, the liturgy and everything. And so this was like such an uh, odd feeling, you know, there was an organ, but it sounded more like I was at the ballpark <laughs> and they, they had hymn books, but they never opened them. They just sang all these choruses that they had memorized. And that reminded me of Girl Scout camp. So I was like, where am I? <laughs> and then as I watched people, they were so into it when they sang. They, some of them had tears. Some were smiling. A whole bunch had their arms up in the air. One girl looked like she was sunbathing. She was kind of leaned back with her arms forward and her head back like she was feeling some kind of solar warmth, you know. Yeah. I was like, and as I was watching them, I got the very distinct, like almost like a vision that I was inside of a bubble and I was not capable of understanding what they were doing, nor could I do it. Wow. And that was so clear. And I, I was annoyed by that. <laughs> huh. So the next day I, I had a chance to go and talk to John Lloyd again. And uh, he told me all about how he had received Christ and that, you know, the whole point was that Jesus paid the price for sin on the cross for my sin. And if I would receive him, you know, I would be forgiven and God could come and live in my heart. And, you know, as I was listening to him, I just, I heard this inner voice saying to me, this is what you've been looking for. You do what he's telling you to do. This is what you've wanted all your life. And so the other Christians gathered in the afternoon and we sat down on the floor. It was time for me to ask Jesus into my heart. And when I closed my eyes to pray, I saw a vision of myself 
in a dark room that was all cluttered with all kinds of boxes and junk. But there was a door. And I didn't, the door wasn't open yet, but I could see somehow that Jesus was on the other side of the door. I don't remember seeing any facial features or anything, but I just knew that from all the light and the peace that mm. that was him. And I started wondering, like, why isn't he nervous? Because this is the moment of truth. I'm either going to open this door or I'm not. And so John, meanwhile, John Lloyd got impatient and said, well, have you asked him in yet? And I said, no, but I'm peeking at him. <laughs> Which John Lloyd, I never lived that down. He told that story so many times <laughs> because he thought, oh, no, I've got a real loony on my hands. <laughs> but I said, I said, okay. And that was my prayer. And I must have opened that door with that. And okay. Jesus came in my life. And right away he spoke to me and said, I have a plan for your life. And if you'll follow me every day, I'll cause that plan to unfold. So, I mean, I got saved and everybody was, we were just laughing and crying and rejoicing, you know. Yeah. And then and finally it was time for me to go back to my sister's and I thought, oh, my goodness, I've become a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> the ones that they warned you about. Yeah. And so I was standing. They were having a party. And when I came in the kitchen, I was like, what do I say? I'm just standing there uh, speechless. And somebody turned around and said, well, they got her. <laughs> so I guess I must have been shining like a light bulb. Or something. So your your song "Rattle Me, Shake Me" really is your your biography song. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I've been, I got in so much trouble for being a Christian that first year, just being too happy. You know, nobody could figure out any explanation other than I must be doing some kind of substance. You know. <laughs> That's so this. This would have been what 1972. No, that was 1970. Spring of 1970. 1970. Okay. And my sister also became a Christian a little while after I did. Okay. And then John Lloyd and that whole core group started the Adam's Apple that summer. Okay. And I was only there at the summer location, which was a downtown coffee house on on the landing in Fort Wayne. It's a very historical uh, spot of the city. But I was only there maybe twice because I had a summer job. And then that fall, I moved to Fort Wayne. And by that time, they had moved into a home on Washington Boulevard. Okay. So um, there was like an apartment upstairs where my sister and brother-in-law and I lived. And then downstairs was the apple. And we had a, the kitchen was the office. 
and the living room, dining room was where we had meetings. And there was a walk-in closet where the artist lived. <laughs> he was this very small, wonderful hippie guy named John Niblick. And he lived in the walk-in closet. <laughs> <laughs> so when, just to, side, just to sidestep a second, when I hear about all the concerts that happened at the Adam's Apple, were they happening in that house? You know, I think at that time we were at the stage of having um, Monday night Bible studies. And then I think when we did outreaches, we did them in the park because we weren't far from Sweeney Park. Okay. I remember doing things in the park a lot. But then after a while, we got the building on North Clinton, which we got the offices and and we pitched a tent out behind it and had the concerts there. And then okay. eventually we got the back of that building renovated for concerts. And that was called The Orchard. And so we were there for quite a while before we moved into the old Calvary Temple sanctuary. Because Calvary Temple had then by then built the church up on Washington Center Road. So wow. we, you know, we moved around to various places the, the the thing that i keep coming back to in my mind is, is the time frame because when you when you think about the the jesus music people automatically think california yeah and love song but the same thing was happening in fort wayne indiana and everywhere else well it was remarkably similar like the lonnie frisbee character who you know was the hippie that was winning everybody to the Lord was our John Lloyd. Yeah. And the, the, the Chuck Smith character who was the pastor who had the nerve to invite the hippies to church. That was our Dr. Paul Pano of Calvary temple. And it happened yeah. at the same time. Yeah. So, so it was not move of the Holy spirit. It was a brilliant strategy of the Holy Spirit, really, to reveal Jesus to hippies. Because we were, in spite of the, you know, the wrong stuff we were doing, we really did want to know what was true. Right. Wow. So they, I, I love the Jesus Revolution music. I like the, the movie, but I'd like yeah. to see it. Uh, I'd like to see a movie on the music. Yeah. That was I, 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 I'm looking forward to seeing the, uh, the love song movie. Yes. But but I, I'd like to see a movie on everything. And it would be like the world's longest movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be hard to fit everybody in. It would, it, so when when did you decide or when did God decide it was time for you to become Honey Tree the recording artist? Well, that just kind of happened step by step. Uh, uh, music was always a part of how we communicated the gospel to people. Um, John Lloyd was, a, as I said, was a musician. And so the earliest gigs I did were just following him around, going to classrooms and schools or going to youth groups or doing gigs out in the park or on the street, you know, um, just singing and giving our testimonies but at, 
And then also, whenever we would have Bible study, we would have a worship time, okay. which really were just kind of like Sunday school choruses that we did at first, you know. Right. Um, just fun stuff. But uh, gradually I started writing. And I wrote, uh, I don't, I wrote a song called "Only God," and then I wrote "Clean Before My Lord." I believe that was the second song that I wrote after I got saved. Wow! And so I didn't know if these songs were any good, but I would just stick them in there while I was leading worship at the beginning of the Bible study to see if anybody reacted to them at all. Right. And people, people just really were very moved by it. And so little by little, I developed like a set that I would do at uh, coffee houses. There were a lot of places like the Adam's Apple all over the region. And so I was just gradually becoming aware of how to be a music minister. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, one of the associate pastors of Calvary Temple, uh, Dr. Pano's son, Paul, he um, had come home from being at o Oral Roberts and he had worked with the World Action Singers and he had knew something about, you know, recording artists and studios and things like that. And he said, well, you need to make a record of your songs. And so he worked out this deal there was a package deal where you had 10 hours in the studio with a certain number of studio musicians. Mm -hmm. And then you would end up with 1,000 copies of the record. Okay. And the whole thing cost $2,500. Wow. Yeah. So we went down there to Nashville. And, you know, went in the studio and the guys were all ready and they just stood around me while I sat and played a song and they scribbled on little pieces of paper numbers and they're shouting numbers at each other because that was the system that they used for chord charts is by number. Okay. And then we would just play through it two or three times and then the red light would go on and we'd record and that was how we did the Honey Tree album it was very raw. It was very, they did a beautiful job. Really, I just, the other day, I just tried to just listen through the entire thing without criticizing it to myself, you know? Right. And I, I was really very grateful. What a good job they did. They were not, they were more like country players. Mm-hmm. And what I was doing was kind of a Carol Kingish type of a thing, but right. they did a good job of really trying to play what I was playing. That's, and that's... it was amazing, you know, that it it worked. And then what it, that that record was then picked up by Word, okay, which was, you know, the Mer label. Right. Billy Ray Hearn was the head of that label. And they sent it everywhere. You know, they were all over the world. Um, 
their distribution. So that was just a door that only God could open. So the, the hippie girl from Fort Wayne made it big on work. Well, <laughs> I mean, you know, you have to put all things in perspective. You, you, you do. It's just, it's just when you, it, it just, it's so big and, and God does so many wild things like that. It's just hard to, it's hard to fathom it all. I know. I know. It, it was definitely a door that was divinely opened for for me and I, I'm you know I'm thankful to the people that were involved uh, to make it happen but it was the Lord and, and you've been well you, you were pumping out albums pretty often after that first one then yeah basically every year for a while you know for six or seven years and I, I don't remember what year it was but I saw you I'm, I'm just going to say 74, maybe. No, that would have been really early because 73 was when we recorded oh. Honey Tree, the first that was the album. First album. And, and then it it came out on Word in 74. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure. I don't rem I, I not good with dates. I just remembered that my mom... And a friend of hers, we, we, I was born and raised in Rhinelander, Wisconsin. And our high school summer camp, which I was too young to go to, they, they, my, my mom and her friend needed to make a delivery down to their camp in Wapaka, Wisconsin. And I remember I rode a lawn, and I remember you were playing. Oh, wow. And I, I, I remember just sitting back going, that's somebody playing a real guitar. Because, because our church brought in music, but it was always quartets. Yeah. Because, well, let's face it, they were afraid of drums back then and afraid of guitars and things like that. So I, I, I remember hearing you and going, I'm not sure who she is, but I like this. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, we're, so like I say, I'm not really positive of the year. I just know it had to be mid-70s somewhere in there. Yeah. And yeah. then the, the first album that I think I got hooked on was Evergreen. Well, that would be the third album that I did. There was one in between called The Way I Feel. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was really a neat experience for me because that was the first time that anybody wrote string arrangements for my songs. Oh, oh wow. The song Honey Tree, the, the string arrangement on, on that album is very beautiful. It was Written, it was done by a guy that lived in Chicago. And, uh, but then we went back to Nashville again for the Evergreen album. And that one really got in the groove, you know, the honey. That one was so, so blessed to be just what it should be. Right. And Phil Kagi, see, by that time we were. The Adam's Apple was in the um, the building on North Clinton where we had the offices and we had the orchard. And we would get Phil Kagey to come over and play as often as we could. He just lived in Youngstown. So. Right. And he would sit down with me in the afternoons before, you know, the the concert. 
and just play songs with me and he would teach me to play something like you know that he'd teach me to play lovely jesus yeah and so he really had an effect on my guitar playing and um he then uh so billy ray decided that the two of us should figure out the basic guitar parts <coughs> excuse me of the songs before we went into the studio for evergreen okay and billy had gotten um somehow a hold of larry norman's i am a servant mm -hmm. and we had permission for me to to do it and phil is the one who wrote the beautiful chord progression that we used um and you know we did his lovely jesus and his you know artistic flair is all over that thing right and yep. so and then when we went into the studio it was just a great it was just a great group of musicians and this arranger named Bergen White wrote to me the the arrangement that he did of Searchlight with the strings and the background vocals is yeah. just it's just absolutely perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that that's that's one of those standout songs of yours. Yeah. So that was a real highlight and that was the one that did the best, you know, I think it probably had a lot of radio play and it sold a lot of copies for for a Christian album at that time. Right. Which, right. you know, as soon as Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith came along, then we were the amount that we sold was minuscule compared to what the heights that they reached. But right. You know, but for, for what for where we were at the time, we that one did really well. You had you had good company back there. You've got Phil, yeah, and then, and and then of course Bob Hartman and Petra. Well, they were from Fort Wayne. Yeah. So we, I actually used to open for them, or they would open for me. It was the weirdest com combination, but it worked somehow. You know how we were... I wish, how I wish I was a little bit older and living in Fort Wayne when this was happening. Uh huh. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that was an interesting thing. But yeah, we were all friends and and we had the same manager. So, yeah, we started out on Mer Records together. Wow. Yeah, that was wild. And and you're both in both well, for that matter all Phil Petra and you are still recording. Yeah, I mean, that's an amazing thing. I think, you know, it's all it's all been uh morphing over the years, of course. Right. But uh I've been in, in one manner of music ministry or the other all these years and it's been great. I'm very grateful to for the privilege of singing for Jesus. Yeah. Well, if it's, it's some, something that if our listeners haven't not not aware of, 
um, the song uh, Pioneer. Oh, wow. That's, that's a song that I think everybody, if you don't know Honey Tree's music, go YouTube it, go to her website and listen to it because that song explains everything that, that Nancy's talking about right now. I agree. It's amazing. Uh, and if you can see the version that was done on the first love uh, video, yeah. yeah, that one is um, so beautiful because it was the first time that second chapter of acts and love song and Randy Stonehill and Randy Matthews and yeah. Melanie, Melody green and uh, Jamie Owens Collins. It was the first time they heard the song Wow! was when we were recording it. And so the camera catches their raw reaction. Right. And, you know, it's it's one of those songs that sneaks up on it. At first, you're just listening to this nice song. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> you realize it's, it's turning you inside out, you know. Yeah. And, yeah, for, for those who don't know, the First Love DVD is a lot of the Jesus music artists together. Um, you, 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 like, like the Gaithers got together. They just, uh -huh. all, all these amazing artists get together. They tell their stories. They're playing their songs. And to see Honey Tree with Love Song and, and with Daryl Mansfield and, oh, yeah. and, and Second Chapter of Acts together, it just, mm -hmm. it's just a wow moment. It really is. Barry McGuire. Oh, that's right. I forgot Barry was on there, too. Yeah. His reaction to to Pioneer was so powerful. And then I remember saying to myself, don't look at Annie. Don't look at Annie. Because she was directly across from me. And it was hitting her so hard that she was just holding on to herself, you know. Yeah. Um, and I, in order to not break down and cry while I was trying to sing it. Right. I I had to look away, but it's just beautiful the the because it talks about the price that you pay when you're the first one doing something, you're misunderstood. Uh there isn't a lot of fanfare. Um and then it rolls on. It gets bigger and better and faster and it doesn't necessarily remember you. Is, um, is that yeah. a song that came right to you? Yes. I mean, it's strange. I, I actually don't have a vivid recollection of how it happened. I, I do remember that my motivation was, see, it was, I, it was post Jesus movement. It was, I wrote it in 1989, looking back at the Jesus movement and at the height of Jesus, the Jesus music. Yeah. Uh, the, by the time I wrote it, we were more in CCM, you know. Right. And Jesus music was more of like a historical thing. And so I was just thinking of, I really was just grateful. I was grateful to be, because, you know, when when we started inviting Larry Norman to come and minister in Fort Wayne, uh, groups from California, Children of the Day, 
second mm-hmm. chapter of Acts, Mike Warnke, um, he would come and we just loved him. Uh, Phil Keggy was more from the East, but uh, we, we were just inviting all these legendary Barry Maguire. And, you know, then when my album came out and I started being, you know, like on the bill right. at festivals or at a conference or something with, you know, second chapter of Acts and Love Song and Honey Tree. I mean, you know, it was just, it blew me away. And I was just grateful. I was grateful to be part of this pioneering group of people. And so I wanted to write something about that. But I I was just not really foreseeing um, that all of this angst would come out <laughs> in writing right. it, you know. Right. It. I think that song, well, Rattle Me, Shake Me is probably your biggest, but I have to say the Pioneer stands above it just a little bit, you know. Yeah. You know, and 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 I'll say that from a a, a biographical song to a true. This is my Jesus song. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I think Pioneer is one of the top 10 for sure. I mean, in terms of the impact that it has on people, um, it's a right up there with like clean before my Lord and, right. And Larry Norman's I am a servant. I think of those are songs that just grab you, you know, uh, and it's wonderful. We, I was talking about it with my, pastor um Rhonda Hazlitt today she and I are actually working on writing a book about all the stories of the songs oh wow yeah I'm really excited she's a great she's been interviewing me and taping it you know and just telling the stories of all the songs and then she's going to write it and I just I'm so thrilled because we've been needing to do this forever right and um she was telling, she just sees, she sees things when we're talking about it. And, and we were remarking about how these songs have been part of the faith formation of people. Yeah. And that is just, that's just something that you can't, you have to say that's the grace of God. Yeah. You know, you can't take credit for something like that. Right. But it's a miraculous thing. Wow. Yeah. yeah that, that, that's a book that's, yeah, you've got to let everybody know when that happens. Absolutely. We're, we're still working <laughs> on it. Now, you recently released the brand new song. I did. And it's the first one in quite some time. It is. I am just thrilled. It's called Walk With Me. And I I was able to record it in December of 22 and release it in February. And uh, it's on all the streaming and, you know, 
iTunes and Apple and Spotify and what have you. The modern, the modern digital world. Yeah. Yep. Welcome to the world of downloads. I am trying to figure it out. That's one thing we've been do- working on is to make sure that all the Honey Tree albums are now available digitally. Yeah. And so I've, that's been something I've worked on in, uh, in the last few years to go through CD Baby and make sure that, you know, they they are in charge of making sure that all the downloading and streaming platforms have access. Make sure everything's available so everybody can hear the library. Right, because even the CD is kind of a dinosaur. I still sell them to people in my generation. Yeah. But uh, that's... you can't autograph a digital download. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. What one of the things that I, I laughed about is the, the first concert that I ever did on my own was with Matthew Ward. Uh-huh. And when I uh, when I brought him up, I pulled out a piece of Rob Pugh history. I saw a second chapter of Acts right after he released Towards Eternity. Wow. I was living in Salt Lake City back then, and I remember taking my album back there. I didn't know what a Sharpie was, a Sharpie pen was. So uh-huh. he, he signed that album with a ballpoint pen. Yeah. So when I brought him up to Indianapolis all these years ago, he looked at, the, looked at that and he says, well, obviously, I don't remember signing that, but that's definitely my signature. Uh-huh. And, and, and had to go over it with Sharpie so it stood out finally. Oh. So, I just I kind of laughed about that. Matthew is a one of a kind man. Yeah, he is. I had the nicest opportunity um, to be with him in Colorado Springs, um, actually Palmer Lakes, which is close by Colorado Springs. Yeah. Uh, earlier in the year, and he practiced um, and got up on stage and sang clean before my Lord with me. Oh, wow. That was so wonderful. And then Nellie was there, which, you know, Matthew and Nellie are the brother and sister of Annie Herring that made up second chapter of Acts. And while I was singing pioneer, you could hear the two of them harmonizing with me. And it was just a heavenly moment. I loved it. And that's what that was my thing. How did you make it through that one? Well, uh, just barely. I mean, and not not to mention that you're at nine thousand feet or something. You know what I mean? Right. You can hardly breathe. <laughs> well, yeah, it was awesome. And then also at that concert, Karen Lafferty was there, who who wrote "Seek Ye First the Kingdom of God." Talk about being a pioneer Jesus music person. Right. Right. And. Um, and she opened up and then got up with me and sang Seek Ye First at the end of, that was really neat. I, that it was this audience that loved to sing along with me. And when they, when I did Seek Ye First, they just belted it out. It was really moving. Right. And, um, and so we, we, we had a wonderful time. 
it's a place called the Tri-Lakes Center for the Arts. And a brother named Michael Maddox runs it. And his wife, Debbie, just a tremendous place for artists to play. I, I can't even imagine. Now, I, I got to see you and Matthew and Phil and a few of the guys from Petra at the Adams Apple reunion a couple of years back. Uh-huh. But, and I've seen Annie by herself and I've seen second chapter of Dax, but that was back in 19, boy, what year was that? 1980, I think. Yeah. And I can't imagine, I'm, I'm trying to picture how you felt hearing Nellie sing with, with yeah. Matthew. It was heavenly, really heavenly. Their their harmonies were so incredible. Yeah, brilliant harmonies, and the sound, you know, the tone, and but the emotion. I mean, the emotion of, of their voices too on that song. That it was amazing, and they were just sitting in the audience. It was a small audience, like about eighty people or something, and um, so they were like on the front row. So I don't think it, it was captured in terms of because they weren't on mic or anything, but everybody could hear them. And we were just, I, it was a heavenly moment for I, sure. I can't even imagine. Yeah. I can't even imagine. Well, I, I was going to ask everybody a question if, 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 during, during my podcast. And I think, I don't know if you can answer this. Because you, you're 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 in you're in the sleigh with Santa, and of course Santa grants wishes and or tries. Okay. But 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 the question I normally ask an artist is, who would you like to perform with, either dead or alive? Now, but you've performed with everybody. <laughs> oh gosh, I think Phil. I mean, you know, there's something about playing with Phil Kagi that. It's you're so you just launch into a different realm of creativity yeah. around him. And uh, we have had a chance from time to time to play together, but uh, that would be that would be great to be able to do that. Um, and uh, yeah, maybe maybe that'll happen. I mean, you never know. But we were talking, I wanted to talk a little bit more about the new song. Yeah. Walk, Walk with me somehow yes. for that subject. And yeah, I do want people to make an effort to see it. There's a video now and it's beautiful. It it's, it's about people comforting each other when at the loss of a loved one. And I got a chance to honor my husband, Jr. and my, son little jr both of whom went to be with the lord we jr and i lost an infant son in 1995 mm -hmm. and then he went to be with the lord in 2018 my my husband did so i got to honor them and and my adopted son will and all of us are we have there's there's sort of like a family album section in the song yeah and it's it's really um it's about how God is the one who comforts us, but we need to hold each other's hand and right. walk by faith. And yeah, I, I was fortunate enough to meet Jr. 
Oh yeah. And uh, and Will, he he's a card, and I'm gonna <laughs> stop there. <laughs> Never let Will hold your phone and ask him to take a picture. Oh gosh. Because he'll he'll selfie himself every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's one. I was just looking at those shots the other day, at the 2017. Uh, Adam's Apple Reunion and Will's like photo bombed all over the place. Yeah. 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 He's definitely got the ham factor. Yeah. (laughs) So with the new song, do you see more songs coming in a potential new album? I do. Actually, I'm going to Nashville next week to record uh, Revelation 320. I have a song based on that scripture. And another one based on First John four eighteen, perfect love casts out all fear. And then we're going to start revisiting some of the classics like Clean Before My Lord. Oh wow! Yeah, so I really have two album projects in mind. I want to do one that is on grief recovery and. I've got some new songs that I've written on that subject. And then I'm also going to just gather together the songs from other projects that I use in grief recovery. Like Jesus Be the Daddy in Our House and uh, One Memory at a Time. And I have a song called Growing Up in Heaven that I wrote about the infant son that we lost. And... um, I want to gather together the grief recovery songs. And uh, so there, that's one album. And mm-hmm. then I want to do, you know, some revisit some of the most well-known Honey Tree songs. So, so kind of a, a greatest hits redone. Yeah, kind of like that. So there's really two big projects. Um, and if anybody wants to donate towards that effort, where like, can they where can they do that at Nancy? Well, they can get a hold of me through uh, honeytree.org. and uh, we can you can always email me at honeytree at honeytree.org. Yeah. Uh, on the new recordings, will you be working with Billy Smiley again? Yes, yes. See, see right there, you just made my day. Billy's amazing. He really is. I I found him through Gene Watson, who's a wonderful Michigan-based artist. She's a singer-songwriter, violinist, has a voice like Celtic woman. She is mm-hmm. awesome. And she just, I was so impressed with Gene because she just records her music all the time. Like, she just believes in herself and you know and i was like well i don't know maybe i could do that again and so (laughs) i i found out she was working with billy smiley and i thought well you know i mean he's he he goes back to white heart and stuff right so he's kind of a rocker but apparently he has a very eclectic taste in music if he can produce gene watson you know right and so i decided to to work with Billy and I really was super happy with the results on uh, walk with me so we're gonna That's, do it again oh uh, Billy mo- most people don't know that they, they they know he's got the white heart connection 
But if they go back far enough, they'll see that Billy worked with Bill Gaither. Uh-huh. And and if, if Billy can work with Bill, Billy can definitely work with with Honey Tree. Yes. <laughs> yes. That, that's 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 a no-brainer to me. Well, he seems to really get me, and so um I I'm very happy with that and just happy to be to be there again and we'll see what happens. Oh, we're looking forward to it. Now, are you still doing tours now and then, some concerts here and there? I, you know, I have really never been a touring artist. I, because of being a soloist, I have never like packed up with the band and the, and the, you know, bus and, and hit the road like a tour. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly I've just like flown out for weekends. Okay. And that's been really the characteristic of my, of my uh, career. Um, except at the very beginning, I had a band um, for a little while, but mostly I, I've really been sort of required by the Lord to be a soloist and just play with my guitar, play with tracks a little bit, you know. And, right. And uh, so, but so things slowed down a lot. First of all, when Jr. passed away, the Lord spoke to me to rest, mm-hmm. and I said, "Well." You know, I kind of started, I knew if I didn't do anything, I would get depressed, you know? Right. So I said, well, like, what does that mean, Lord? How, what can I do? You know? So basically he said, well, you can do one concert a month. So that, you know, I did. And then I felt like my energy was starting to come back a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, but then the pandemic happened. Right. And so I got really two whole years of rest where I did very few, maybe once a month, if that. And then it's starting to starting to pick up. That's awesome. And plus, at the same time, I started working with a online grief recovery ministry in Spanish, which... I, we haven't even talked about this, but along the way, I started singing in Spanish and I learned to speak Spanish mm-hmm. starting in the 90s. So I'm all involved in this group of, it's called Legado de Acompañamiento. We have a Facebook page and people can look us up if they want to. Um, and it's, it's, it's an organized group of people who companion people who have who are going through significant losses okay so i do i do i go and work with them in person from time to time too i just got back from being in mexico for a couple of weeks yes working on uh working with legado and uh doing in-person meetings what normally we work online but every now and then we have to get together (laughs) to reassure ourselves that we're actually not just digital you know (laughs) and uh, uh so we so i just got home from being in mexico city and monterey and you do have several recordings in spanish now yes i have two recordings in Spanish and I'm also everything I've done with Billy I have done in English and Spanish both so the new song is called Acompáñame 
in Spanish. And we're going to do that very same thing now that I'm going back again. So hopefully I will have two, I will have two grief recovery albums, one in English and one in Spanish. One in Spanish. Yeah. Wow. And will, will you do the same thing with the, with the re-recorded hits? You know, I haven't really visited that yet. Um, okay. A lot of those earlier things I, I haven't translated yet. Okay. So we'll see wow. how that goes. Well, it it's, it's, seems to me like there could be another Jesus revolution. Oh, wouldn't that be great, Rob? It, it's, it's so inspiring to hear you talk about this. And, and, uh, and I've got the same feeling from a few of the other artists that I've talked to. Uh-huh. You know, there, there's just something in the air. Yeah. There's something in the air. I didn't, you know, it, it, it's hard to imagine that, that there would be another movement like there was in the early 70s, but you just don't know. Well, I know the Lord doesn't want anybody to perish. Right. He's always drawing us. And certainly there's a epidemic of anxiety, loneliness, depression, um, like never before. Yeah, we, we, we live in weird times. We really do. People are so afraid and they're so separated, uh, so lonely. And uh, we need a great move of the Holy Spirit. We surely do. I, I don't care what it's called, whether it's called the Jesus right. movement or what it's called. Right. right. You know, let's just let's just get people saved because um, it's wonderful to know the Lord. There's such peace of mind. Not that we don't go through trials and tribulations. We do. Right. But there's such great peace of mind knowing the Lord, knowing he's always there, you know. Uh, hope in everything. He redeems everything, no matter how tragic it might be. Right. He, he causes things to work together for good. There's always hope in the Lord. I mean, I, I, I truly, I, I really don't know whether I would even be alive at this point uh, if it weren't for being saved. Yeah, I feel that way myself. I mean, the 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 the, the direction I was headed as a kid. I mean, the Lord snatched me out of that just in time. Right. So, I and it's been wonderful to know the Lord, to know His people, has been so wonderful. In in, in the in the troubled times we live in, about I'm always telling people to turn off the news. You really don't need it. Yeah. And you can't and believe it, it anyway. <laughs> yeah, and you can't believe it anyway. I don't care what side that you're on. Absolutely. There, 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 there is something so much bigger than what's in Washington. Yeah. And, uh, and, and we, we, we need that hope more than ever right now. And we absolutely man, do. Without faith, we're in trouble. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I really believe it. I truly believe that Jesus is God and that, 
the Bible is true and Jesus is the only way. It says there's no other name given to men whereby we must be saved. Only Jesus. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's a tough stand, but I really truly believe it's it's correct. And that he is coming. And that, you know, it's when you when you know the Lord and that the one of the things about knowing the Lord that is so awesome is the Bible. Yeah. You know, it's it's alive. The word of God is nourishing. And when we spend time in it every day, reading and listening and pondering the word of God, you know, like right now, things, because I, I'm an, a widow now for five years, it's amazing. It's already five years, Rob. Yeah. And, um, but there's certain verses that never really, you know, jumped out to me before, but it, it says in Psalm 68, 5, that God is a father to the fatherless and a defender of widows in his holy habitation. And, you know, that's just precious to me now. I, It's like now I have more of a relationship with God as my father than I ever did before. Because I need him, you know, to be the man in my life. And he's there. It's just amazing. So I, you know, I just really do. I love the church. I love my church. I, I actually have two churches. I belong to a big one that I dearly love. And and then I also lead worship in a smaller one that I also love. And, you know, I believe in being a part of a local church is what I'm trying to say there. Right, right. That I think that's important. Most of all, to know the Lord, you know, for yourself, right, is absolutely essential. The the, the thing is, and, and I know you've heard this a lot. This fine, I'm sure you've heard it back in the day a lot. Is just because you're a Christian and know the Lord, there's not all these rules and regulations that everybody claims there are. Yeah, we're 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 just folks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's the thing. He doesn't really want us to be religious. He wants us to be, have a relationship. It, yeah, the, religion. I don't even like the word religion, to be honest with you. Yeah. But it, 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 you, and you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's a relationship with the God. It's what it is. You've got to have that personal relationship. Yeah. And, that, and that's where all that faith comes in. Without that blind faith, there, there's just, you got to have it. It's, it's, it's living faith. It's, it's, it's faith that, that the Holy Spirit himself gives us. Yeah. You know, it's actually a miracle to get saved. Yeah. Because without the working of the Holy Spirit, we can't even believe. Right. But if he, if he grants that grace, that saving faith, to suddenly you just know, I need Jesus. It's not like, you know, we go from, we go from a critical, judgmental, it, I see what the problem is with all these people, you know, and we all right. of a sudden realize, oh man, the problem is in me. I, I can't, I can't even make my life be what I want it to be, you know. Right. 
because I, I'm a sinner. And so then we realized that the amazing thing is that God is so good that he sent his only son to take on sin for us. And the only thing he requires is that we believe that and receive right. that. You know, that's all he requires. It's amazing that he is yeah. that good. There, there's no rule book. Yeah. You, know, you, don't, you don't get penalty flags by being a Christian. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that, that's a hard lesson to learn for some people. It's... Yeah, there, 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 there isn't a playbook. I mean, we've, we've got the Bible. Thank goodness we have the Bible. Mm-hmm. But there, there, there isn't a set of, you can't say that, you can't do this, you can't do this. Right. When, when you're saved, you don't, eventually you just don't want to do it. Yeah, right. You know, you know it's, it's like, like you said back in the, in, in the hippie days, you just didn't want to do dope anymore. No. No, I really didn't because... Jesus had filled that empty place in my heart that I was trying to fill. Right. But nothing really works except for him. Yeah. Well. So it's wonderful to know the Lord. And, and you know, he, he doesn't, he makes you be the best you that you could possibly ever be. Way better than you could be on your own. Right. And, you know, that's how I feel. I feel like this person I'm becoming is so much better than if I, if I was just trying to cope with life on my own. Right. Well, well, Nancy, I think we kept you on here quite a while. We, we covered a lot of ground. Yeah, we did. <laughs> it's great covered- talking to you, Rob. Uh, I'm what one of the best things about doing concerts as long as I did is I got to meet you. Uh-huh. Because you, you I, I never told you this, and you you might not even remember, but it was remember the very first church that you played at with me in, in yes. Marysville? Yeah, okay. where um, David Michael Carrillo was yeah, there. Yeah, 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 David Michael was there. But uh, oh, several months before that happened, I got intimidated by you. You did. You did, yeah, yeah. And you, you, you probably have no remem- no memory of this whatsoever. But be- being the young concert guy, I was trying to think of a way to put something together as, as a fundraiser for the uh, daycare that was at the church I was going to. Uh huh. And I found your number, called you, and believe it or not, Nancy, I was shaking. Oh. <laughs> and, and it's like I'm talking to Honey Tree. Oh, oh, geez. <laughs> and, and now we have dinners and lunches uh, several yeah. times a year. And uh, yeah, it, the, but the, the concert that you did that, that uh, David Michael was at, if you remember, things changed. That was supposed to be an outdoor concert in my house. Yeah. And, and due, due to Indiana weather, that didn't happen. Uh-huh. And some people that were supposed to come didn't come. And I remember meeting you in the parking lot. And you, you gave me so much encouragement mm. and, and said those magic words. The people who are here are the ones who are supposed to be here. You need to relax. Yeah. That's, those words stuck with me 
because I've had some weird shows. Well, Rob, you know, you you're the one who who's done the hard work. This is this is fair. I'm glad we're talking about this, even though we've gone kind of long. But this is so true that the people who throw the concert to throw the event, who throw the party and hope somebody's going to come, those are the people that are really doing the hard work. And they're the ones that are putting their money on the line. Um, and the artist is just coming in, you know, to sing their songs that they know by heart and it's fun. Yeah. And But the person who's really going through the agonies and the blood, sweat and tear yeah. is the promoter. And I've always known that because I was the promoter. You know, I was, I worked at the Adam Sample. So yeah. I knew that side of things and I've never, I've never forgotten it. You know, I'm very grateful for all the people that want to go to all that effort and sponsor something and have me come. I mean, so I, I just try to, I try to do my best, whether it's big or small. And, you know, I mean, uh, to think it's still the privilege of ministering to somebody and, and singing for the Lord. I mean, yeah. so. well, you, you, you made it so easy and you put me at such, at, at such ease that night because it, it wasn't the, the largest show that I've done, but it was one of the most rewarding ones I've ever put on. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, it, you was, know it was just special. This whole thing will humble you, you know, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult to draw a crowd. It's difficult to get people to come out for things. It's probably harder now than it's ever been. Yeah. Um, it's well after, but before the pandemic happened, I had talked to you at one of our dinners up in Fort Wayne. Yeah. You and Greg Hope. Oh about my idea of having the Pioneers concert with just you and Greg. Mm -hmm. and, and then, as you know, 2020 happened. Yeah. And, and I, got a, I got a handful of calls from, from some other artists. Hey, do you want to do this? And I'm going, no, we can't. Yeah. You know, there, nobody wants to sit 10 feet apart with a mask on. Right. You know, and, and, and so after, after the madness all ended, the first concert that I did back afterwards was you and Greg Hoke from Petra. Wow. And that, the people who came to that were, they still talk about it. Oh, praise the Lord. It, it was such a blessing to have the two of you together, knowing that you were both part of the music back in the day. Yeah. You both, you both live in Fort Wayne. You're, you're, you're still great friends. And, and to hear you play together was, was a, was a wow moment. Yeah, it was really great. Thank and, you for uh, doing that. And, uh, and then, of course, I got to cook for you guys, which made my day. So, <laughs> so by the way, you do need to come back so I can fire up the griddle again. Oh, so. <laughs> you're, you're not kidding. That was that is that's something. <laughs> that's that's but, something very special. It's, I, it, heaven knows I love to cook. So, wow. but when I'm cooking for friends. And you get to share a meal with friends. That's that's the best part of the whole thing to me. That's awesome. Co concerts are great, but there's something about that fellowship that just makes it all happen, ties well, it all together for me. That's for sure. But 
Well, we've gone super long. I, I'm so thankful that you took the time out to talk to us and you got to share your story with, with some of my listeners. I, I hope that everybody out there learned something. And if you didn't learn something, play it again and you will. <laughs> <laughs> so, Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely, Nancy. It's great talking to you. And we will talk again very soon. God bless you. You too. A huge thank you to Honey Tree for taking the time out of her day to have this incredible conversation with me. We're, we're so blessed to have Nancy on the show. It, it's so rewarding. I hope that uh, you all enjoyed it. Share this one with your friends. Be aware of all uh, Nancy's new projects, whether it be the book or her new recordings. And, uh, while I'm thanking people, I have to thank uh, my sponsors, uh, Brett Christmas Mustache Wax. Uh, if you use my discount code, Santa Rob, on his website, which is bscenterprises.com, you'll receive 15% off your order. And if you're into collecting things, uh, the collectibles, whether wrestling action figures or video games or Barbies or G.I. Joe's, whatever the case may be, You've got to go to hotspotcollectiblesandtoys.com. Once again, use discount code SANTAROB. Save 15% off your order. Just thank you guys so much for uh, being here on uh, episode 10 with, uh, with uh, Honey Tree. And we'll see you next week when you jump in the sleigh and we slay it with Santa Rob. <laughs>